Hello. That yes. Hello, everyone. I'm mad if I haven't met. Um, sometimes come to seniors, but I'm here at night. But how about I pray and then we'll jump into this. Father, thank you for your word. Um, Lord, thank you that you promise that as your word goes out, it doesn't um, come back empty, but it does what you will. Um, it does exactly what you plan for and what you purpose. Lord, we pray that tonight um, that would be the, for the people to be saved, uh, for people to see that Jesus is the only way to be free. And for us who know that freedom, Lord, would you stir us to use that freedom to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about freedom. And, and freedom's actually epic. Now, I don't know if you believe me, but just think about this. Imagine you had unlimited data on your phone, right? Or imagine school holidays just didn't end, all right? Or just unlimited money. That sounds pretty good because those things give freedom. Unlimited means you can just do whatever you want. Now imagine I gave you this ticket. It's the freedom ticket. It's it's got this, it's got whatever you want. So you want to go to New York, you just whip out your ticket and you're on your way. You're there. You're on your way. If you want that new iPhone, just whip your ticket out, you can get it. It's yours. You want that dream job? The ticket. You can get it. Or no job. You can get it with this freedom ticket. Now that freedom ticket sounds pretty good. Freedom is to do whatever you want. And and the world's actually yelling at you. You have the right to that freedom. You deserve the ticket. And guess what? What we just read in the Bible says that you are free. We just read it in verse 19 there. But, but what do you do with that freedom? We're going to see how this works in this passage tonight. We'll see how we are free and it will show us what we should do with that freedom. Because how do you make sure you don't waste your life, your free life? Now, you don't want to get to the end of the life. No one, no one wants to get to the end of the life and just look back and go, those things I did, all those things, does it matter? Is it meaningless? Like, what can we do in life that actually matters? And if you're not a Christian here tonight, it's great to have you here because tonight you're going to see how you can get true freedom. And if you're a Christian, then this is, it's great that you're here too. So listen to how to use the freedom you have in Christ. The first thing we're going to see tonight is that Christians are free slaves. That sounds weird, but check it out, verse 19 there says, though I am free and belong to no one. Uh, this guy, Paul, is free. He doesn't have a human master. Yeah? He doesn't have to obey someone telling him what to do. We're going to see what he means by that. If you just flick back one page, chapter 7, he talks about this a whole bunch more. He actually talks about it a lot in 1 Corinthians. But if you look at chapter 7, verse 22, sorry, verse 21, it says, Were you a slave when you were called? Were you a slave when you became a Christian? Don't let that trouble you. Although if you can gain your freedom, do it. For the one who was a slave when called, if you were a slave when you became a Christian, 
You are the Lord's freed person. Similarly, the one who was free when called, if you weren't a slave when you became a Christian, you're Christ's slave. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of human beings. Now, that sounds a bit weird, but let's just go through it. It says, when a slave becomes a Christian, they are the Lord's freed person, even though they might still be a slave. Because verse 23, have a look at it again, verse 23, you were bought at a price. So, hang on a minute. That sounds confusing. Are we free or are we a slave? What are we? Are we the Lord's freed person or are we Christ's slave? Well, Christians are free slaves. Here's why you're free. We were just singing about it. Jesus has freed you from the punishment of sin. You're forgiven. Um, He's freed you from the power of death. You will have eternal life one day when you rise again. You will live with God forever. We are free. And I don't know if you've ever wondered why Jesus died. We did just sing it in that song. But was it just to be like a personal trainer? I don't know if you've seen those guys and they get around and they're just like, come on, you can do this, you can do it, one more rep, is that what Jesus is deaf for? Just give me one more rep of love for that person. I don't know what he would say, but is that what he was doing? Was he motivating us? Well, no. This verse says, Jesus died to buy you. So why do we need to be bought though? Because God made everything and he owns everything. Well, God buys his people because they have enslaved themselves. When, when we live without God as our master, we don't just reject God. You actually submit to another ruler. Yourself, that's the ruler you submit to, and actually the devil as well. So John 8, it says that everyone who sins is a slave to sin. You, you become a slave of the worst kind. You don't want God ruling your life and you think you're ruling your life, but really you're ruled by sin. And you know this is true. Because we all do things we wish we didn't. You hurt people and you wish you didn't. We watch things we wish we never watched. I've said things, I've done things I wish never happened. Our sin shows that we are slaves. It's like we've changed teams. We didn't want God anymore and we made ourselves captain and Satan our coach. But, but maybe you just don't care. You don't care about this God stuff. You just do what you want. Be with whoever you want. Do whatever you want with them. Spend money on whatever you want. I'll do what I want. Maybe that's you. But how will that play out? Because good things in life actually require you do things you don't want. They require sacrifice. And if you don't want to do that, then don't expect life to go well for you. Don't expect good relationships because as you do what you want, you think you're free, but actually your so-called freedom ends up in an empty life. But get this, this is what we're singing about. Even though you have rejected God, Jesus' death can pay the price of your freedom, even though you're a rebel. So come back to the best master and and do that by trusting that Jesus died to free you from the punishment your sins deserve. But if you are a Christian, you are free. You are a rescued one. 
Your life will still bear the marks of sin, but you're changed. You're a child of God who sometimes sin, not an enslaved sinner. Christians are free, but we're free slaves. We have a better new master now. So I don't know if you guys go to a school that sucks, but imagine you go to a school that's just really bad. Maybe you don't have to imagine that, but imagine it was like real, real, real bad, right? So there's better food in the bins than in the canteen at school. The teachers just don't care. Everyone's just a bully. People are just yelling their heads off in the classroom all the time, and it's just like, ah, get me out of here. Um, And then you get home and... Your mum's like, oh, how was school today? And you're like, oh man, just look at this. And you get your phone out and you show them this video of the school that's on fire that day, right? Um, Now, if you're at that school, you're changing schools as soon as you show mum that that photo um, or that video. Now, when you go to a new school, there's still a principal. There's probably some stuff you don't like, but it would still be freedom. Because you're out of that prison that's in a disguise of a school, right? Moving would be freedom. Now, Christians, our old master was the pits. He was terrible. But Jesus has rescued us and taken us now to belong to God. The loving God of the universe who even sent his son to die for you. To buy you back. You actually have the best master. Which means... God isn't a party pooper. It's easy to, to think that because you look around and you just think, gee, that looks like fun and I'm not sure if I'm supposed to do that. But Christians, you're free from the pit. You're free from an empty life. God sent his son to rescue you from you. So the real t- freedom ticket actually says this. Whatever God wants. Let me tell you why. It's because he is a better and more loving master than you. You're, you're actually a terrible master of your life. You'll ultimately lead yourself to hell. But God knows what is best. It's true freedom to come to God. So to come to God as master. So our sinfulness, it plays all sorts of lies in our heads. Oh, it'll be so satisfying, won't it, if I, if I watch that series with those scenes or if I go to that website. That'll be satisfying. Or the lie might be, I'll, I'll just be happier if I hung out with those kinds of people and did the things they get to do. Or maybe the lie is that I'll just be complete if I get with that guy or that chick. Or maybe you find yourself, you're with that guy or that chick and they're pushing you to do things you know you shouldn't and the lie is saying, I'll be happier, I'll be a more fuller person, my life will be just way better if I do it. But when you stop and and you see where these lies end, you realise they are lies, they're a trap. Because what will you become if you believe the lie? If I look at porn again, what will the end be? If I keep gossiping, what will that mean for my relationships? It, It wouldn't end well. Jesus didn't rescue us from fun. Jesus rescued you from you. He rescued us from our own sinful lives that would drag us into an empty life and eventually drag us to hell. He rescued us for a, 
the good life that lives for God. He died so we could get the true freedom ticket. Christians, you're free from the worst master and slaves to the best master. We have the real freedom ticket. So what do we do with it? What do I do do with my life? How do I make sure I don't waste it? I've got this ticket. What do I do with it? And I don't know, that's a big question and lots of people wonder what they're going to do one day. Well, you don't have to wait because you can see it here in this passage. Check it out, verse 19. I'll read the rest of it. Back in chapter 9. It says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone. Hold up. Did he, did he just say that? Because that sounds bonkers, right? He's free. Why would he become a slave? Well, that's what we're going to see. Because slaving for the gospel is the dream, right? Look at verse 20 with me. It says this, To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. Now, that's a real weird thing for Paul to say because he is a Jew, right? He, he is a Jew. He was. And, but now that he's free in Christ, he doesn't have to live like a Jew does anymore. He doesn't have to go to the temple. He doesn't have to do the sacrifices anymore. He's free from that. He doesn't have to do those burdensome things anymore. But verse 20, he becomes like a Jew. He does all those things so he can hang out with those guys. Why? Well, verse 20 again, the end of it. To the Jews I became like a Jew to win the Jews. That's why he does it. And and it's actually not just for Jews. He actually wants to see all people won for Jesus, saved. Have a look at verse 22 there. It says, to the weak I became weak. To win the weak. And it's not just the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. You might have heard that one word there. He'll do it for anyone, all of it, whatever it is. He'll do it so that they can be one. So if Paul rocked up to us, right, you'd see him. He'd be over there with Guy chatting about DJ and they'd be getting along. He'd shave his hair off and then start talking with Jono and then he'd like try and find some rope or something so he can like hang out with Jasper. Like he would just be doing all these things so they can get along with whoever he can so that they would hear him and listen to him so that he can win them. Now that's actually why being a missionary is possible. I've got some friends, they're on the path to going to Kazakhstan. Um, they want to be missionaries there. It's in the Middle East, it's a dangerous place. And if they wore what they wear in Australia, that would not go well for them, right? If they tried to be like Aussies while they were in Kazakhstan, that would not go well. They would need to become like Kazakhstanis to win them. And they don't have to do that though. But they're actually free now from their Aussie identity. They can give it up and they're free from the slavery of trying to get the most out of this broken, dying world. They can let go of their culture in order to save people. Christians can do that because they are free. If this world was everything, there's no way you'd do that, right? 
But Christians are free to live now without caring about getting the most out of this life. We've got heaven to look forward to. And, and you can do something here at youth. You can hang out with people you wouldn't normally click with. But you can do that so that they might see the truth about Jesus. But why? Why do it? Is that actually good? You've got this epic freedom ticket. Why would you use it for that? Well, Paul says it in verse 22. Have a look again. Right at the end there it says, So that by all possible means I might save some. The life of slaving for the gospel to see people saved is the dream. Now, who's been on a cruise before? Oh yeah, sweet. Heaps of you. Well done, everyone. Lucky you. Um, I haven't been on a cruise. My wife's kind of scared about the gastro bugs that go around and make them pull over because everyone's vomiting and got diarrhea and stuff. Um, but imagine you went on a cruise like that. You're on an epic cruise. Like, the most epic cruise you've ever heard of. It was a cruise that you didn't even know where it was going just because the boat was so awesome, right? It's got roller coasters on it, this cruise. That actually exists, by the way. That's just nuts. But imagine it's got this, like, pool where you kind of, like, dive in and you're on the deck of the pool and then you just can go down and down and down until you're, like, right in the bottom of the boat and it's glass. So you're, like, swimming in a pool, but then it's, like, Mmm, whale, and you try and talk to it, and then there's like sharks and big fish and all this stuff, and you're like, whoa, and then there's just like the best food you've ever had, and it's all you can eat. Right? There's every game, there's every console, there's all, there's the best party that's ever existed, and you're loving it, right? You're loving this cruise, and one day you wake up, you're on the cruise, and you're sunbaking out on the deck, right? And you, you're in the islands, and it's Fiji or something like that and the water's beautiful and there's dolphins or something and anyway but someone comes running up to you and says oi iceberg and you're like dude we're in like Fiji or something what's an iceberg doing here but then but then he's like no look iceberg and you see it it's there and you're heading for it and so things are frantic people are jumping off the cruise but it's not a good idea because there's sharks and you're looking at them in the pool and you say don't do that and so you run to the rescue boats and there's this rescue effort there and everyone's trying to get sort out what's going on and you realize there's enough rescue boats for every single person and if we just told everyone we could do it so you go back to the pool and you said oi iceberg get to the rescue boat and then you run back to your room you say mom dad sister whoever I know I said I hated you last night but get to the rescue boat there's an iceberg and then so you run and then you're like I hate dance parties right but I'm going into that dance party and you kind of go like dance your way to the um whatever he's called the DJ that's what he's called and you get his mic and you say everyone stop iceberg get to the rescue boat and you're running out of effort you keep running and then you're like oh the lawn bowl section i hate lawn bowls right but i'll put the white saggy gross clothes on so the old people let me in and then i'm like everyone iceberg get to the rescue boat because what you like doesn't matter anymore what matters is that people are rescued now I don't know if you're catching on with this, but you wouldn't. Imagine if this happened, though. Imagine if someone was like, oh, sweet, rescue boat. 
I'll just get on that and I won't tell anyone. No, you wouldn't do that. There would actually be no better way to spend your time, that limited time before you crash, than getting as many people as possible to the rescue boat. I'm running out of breath. I've been running around all over the shop. Um, But that situation is just a tiny reflection of what's actually going on in our world. We're in a world that is heading for an iceberg that's God's judgment. It's coming. And unless people are rescued by trusting Jesus, they will face God's judgment forever. It won't just be when they hit. It'll be an eternity away from God. So what do you do with your freedom? Spend your life slaving for the gospel so that people are one for eternity. So, so what's your dream? Maybe, maybe you have the dream job in mind. Maybe it's the dream lifestyle. If you, this is how you figure it out. If you could be anywhere doing anything with anyone, what would that look like? What's your dream? Some of the things you're thinking might just be plain sinful, um, but maybe some of the things you're thinking are actually good things that God gives us to enjoy and we can receive them with thanksgiving. But when you remember that we're heading for an iceberg, this world will face God's judgment one day and the only way to be right is through Jesus, then our dreams might be good things, but they probably aren't best. Slaving for the gospel is the dream because it's best. When when you have the right perspective, there's nothing better than helping people to be saved for eternity. So maybe you should think about what your dream actually is. Maybe that uni course you're thinking about is just to do it so that you can get the impressive job or people might think you're smart or something like that. Maybe instead you should be thinking, where can I go and join a Christian group there so that I can tell heaps of people during my time at uni about Jesus. Or the dream job, maybe you want that awesome paycheck or the rep you get from it, but, but will it allow you to tell people about Jesus and serve in a church that's on this mission to see people saved? Or may, maybe it's to travel, Europe or America. Um, it's not wrong to go there, you have freedom to do it, you can, but just think, what else could you use that time on? What else could you use the money on? How else could you do that, do something else to help people see Jesus? Or maybe the dream is the perfect husband or wife with the beautiful kids, right? Um, You're free to get married. We saw that in chapter 7, it says that. But it also says that if you can stay single, do it so that you can devote yourself to helping people trust Jesus. You're free to marry, but maybe it's not what's best for you. Or maybe you should be thinking about full-time work in, the, in gospel work, so that you're freed up from a normal job to give all your working hours to gospel work. Um, you might end up starting a church, or you might get trained up to help other people do that. Um, you might end up being a missionary, like my friends are thinking. When you remember that the iceberg is coming, our dreams change. 
It ought to change the way we, sh- uh, we view the future. Because we see that slaving for the gospel is the dream. It's the best. Uh, and my guess is though, we're probably struggling just to do this in normal everyday life. Uh, we go to school every day and there's probably people there, probably lots of people there that don't know anything about Jesus and sometimes it's easy to just to forget about this iceberg we're heading for. Uh, maybe for you, just the first step is just letting people know you are a Christian or just tell them that you go to youth. Invite them along to youth. That that's, could be a first step for you. Or maybe you're further down that track and you've tried. Keep at it. Keep at it because we are still heading for the iceberg. Be, be chatting to your youth leader about how you can um, bring these conversations up. Because slaving for the gospel is a dream and you can start now. The gospel, it changes our plans for the future. But it changes today as well. Slaving for the gospel is the dream. Let's pray that we might do that. Pray with me. Father, there's people here tonight that they think they're free, but they aren't. Father, please help them see that Jesus is the only way to freedom and that true freedom is doing what you want. Father, for your people here who are free, would you help us Help us consider what we might do with our lives, um, given that your judgment's coming. Um, Thank you that you have brought us back. I pray that we would live in light of um, what you've done for us um, and in light of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.